person who hate watches or hate listens to something. That means like if something makes you angry, you keep watching it because it elicits a reaction. I don't hate watch Alex Jones or hate watch like Tucker Carlson or anything like that. I loved Howard Stern. That's why I listen to this. But I've been and this is in no way disrespectful to our guest. Um, hate reading this article over and over again, because every time I read it, it makes me irate only because it has shown a light on such an injustice that is happening in our country. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for its author. And that's why we asked him to come on. But I needed you guys to hear what our next guest has written about. Paul Keel um, has written for ProPublica an article called, If You're Getting a W-2, You're a Sucker. That's how I feel about it. And I just want to read a little bit of it to you before I bring Paul on to share with us uh, what he's learned. Okay, he, he writes this. Stephen Ross is one of the most successful real estate developers, a billionaire, many times owner over. He's the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Ross, a former tax lawyer, once praised tax laws as particularly a creative endeavor. He is a master of the craft. His tax returns showed a total of $1.5 billion in earnings from 2008 to 2017, but he didn't pay a dime in federal income taxes during that time. I wanted to jump through the screen and wring Stephen Ross's neck, yet Stephen Ross probably isn't doing anything illegal. So we needed to find out how this is happening. Paul Keel is the author of the article for ProPublica. I just tweeted it out at Jordana WCCO. It is a must read. So please go take a look at it. And Paul, I'm so glad that you're joining us on the show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So were you as frustrated, and I'm going to ask how they do it, but were you as frustrated doing this research as I was in reading it? Uh, yeah, no, it was it was mind-blowing to me, and that's, that's what I was trying to, to get across. And uh, I guess up front I wanted to say, because uh, I've gotten this reaction from some people, that I was like summing my nose at everyone, is that I am... I am a sucker. I'm a member of the sucker group. So that is, that is, was perspective yeah. I was writing. The piece was, I'm someone doing my taxes this spring like everybody else. Um, and, and, you know, spent the last year looking at the tax information of the wealthiest Americans. And the thing that continually blows my mind is the amount of flexibility they have in terms of what actually goes down on that piece of paper, the, the income tax return, um, as opposed to someone who is, you know, earns their income through wages. Hey, right. Paul, this is this is Paul, and I sure appreciate you joining us today because a lot of people are talking about this, and specifically your article. I'm irate. I'm not shocked because it's the golden rule. The people with the gold make the rules, and you know there is no free lunch. If you make a big campaign donation to your favorite politician, or maybe your second favorite or third favorite politician, you expect something for that. And what a lot of the uber-wealthy expect is changes, tweaks to the tax code, right? So that, you know, they don't have to pay as much in taxes as they would otherwise. So doesn't some of this come back to campaign finance reform and just the way we fund our elections in this country and the way that politicians, you know, take these donations with strings attached? And one of those strings is make the tax code a little easier for me, my company, my business to manage. 
Yeah, I mean, take real estate. So Stephen Ross is in real estate. That's famously an area that has gotten a lot of love from Congress uh, in the tax code. And so you have the ability to do amazing things like develop, you know, generate losses even as you're getting vastly richer. Um, but, you know, the, the, the argument has to do with lobbyists. It also has to do, you know, the general argument that, you know, what's good is for, for business, is good for the economy, is good for America. And, you know, there's a real estate developer in every district uh, ready to make that argument. A lot of our industries who get tax breaks, you know, on the same logic. And then you step back and you, you know, who owns businesses? It's, you know, business owners tend to be wealthier. Um, and that's one thing that comes across is that all of this stuff that's been put in the tax code over the years has accrued to the point where this sort of thing uh, is possible. But, of course, the pitch is never like, we want to make sure that business owners never pay taxes. The pitch is, if you give us a tax break, we'll make sure that, you know, the economy grows better to be better for everybody. Well, uh, that yes. seems like a load of crap because it doesn't seem like it's working. And I just want to give another example from your article, Paul. Um, you write about Kelsey Warren, a Texas billionaire who owns a natural gas pipeline company. Um, he received hundreds of millions of dollars from his company tax-free while reporting losses to the IRS. So if you can, Paul, and I know it's wonky, but explain how they do it. Yeah, in this case, it has to do with he's, he's building pipelines all over the country. Um, and what our tax system allows is if you invest in your business and like a lot of equipment. So he's building pipelines. He's spending money. Uh, Congress has basically said, we want to give you that money back as fast as possible. And so it's called, you know, bonus depreciation is what it's called in Capitol Hill. But basically, like, if you spend a lot of money to build a pipeline, you get that money back immediately. It's kind of like as, a, as an expense against your taxes. So when you go to Wall Street and you give your, your, your results, that's not how that works. That's, that's just tax accounting. That's not real accounting. That doesn't really reflect how your business is really doing. And so you can have massive profits when you go to Wall Street, but then in your taxes, you have these big losses. But again, the argument for this is that it's great for the economy, but oftentimes the argument, you know, the, the evidence behind that is often not, you know, rock solid. It's, it's, it's sort of a, an argument that people make without often a lot of evidence. So let me ask a follow-up on that. If there's not a lot of evidence, and I understand that President Trump was supposed to fix this, why are we still doing it this way? I mean, it's it's a really powerful argument to say, like, you know, no one wants to go. I'm going to go raise taxes on, on business owners or, you know, there's there's some fear about doing that. There's fear about, you know, if you want to, you know, take away some of the tax goodies that real estate has, they'll make the argument that, you're going to make real estate more expensive. We're not going to build new buildings. And so that, that's what they're up against. But sometimes what that leads is to like more complexity in the tax code. And since like people want to put a patch on that, they'll say like, okay, well, we'll give you this tax break, but if it gets too much, then you have to do this other sort of tax form to, you know, things like the alternative minimum tax that are supposed to kick in, but they don't really work. Like you, like you heard uh, Stephen Ross, literally a decade without paying um, income taxes. It was not caught by the, the minimum tax once. So, that's crazy. Paul, President Biden is trying to address this with his minimum tax on billionaires. To my knowledge, there are about 30,000 families that have $100 million in assets. And correct me if I'm wrong, 
the concern is unrealized gains, right? Their assets, you know, wealth breeds more wealth. Their assets continue to grow. They don't pay any taxes on that unless they cash them out. But the smart ones don't cash anything out. They just take loans Mm -hmm. against what they have in their investment portfolios. And so they never have to pay, you know, the huge, uh, they never have to pay the huge gains that uh, cashing out those investments would create. But is, is this what President Biden is trying to address to make the tax code a little more fair? Yeah, his 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 proposal is really aimed at like the Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos of the world, um, and actually Warren Buffett is probably the best example of this in the sense that he's been able to you know he's had a long time the strategy of building his business and not paying dividends, for instance, um, keeping the wealth in the company and the stock, and so he's gotten to be like you know worth a hundred billion dollars, um, and ends up if you look at his tax returns, he looks like you know, a very well-off person who's earning in the tens of millions of dollars, but not like someone who's the top 10, you know, richest person in the world. Uh, and so, yeah, this, that's getting at that problem. Um, and it would essentially make it so that they didn't have discretion in terms of what was, what was counted on income and a, and a tax return. Because like you said, if you don't turn your wealth, if, you, if you're worth like $50 billion more on paper, you can borrow against that. You have ways of right. tapping into that wealth. As long as you don't sell that stock, you don't turn it into a game that ends up on your tax return. It doesn't turn into anything that's it's not it's outside the system. And essentially, you can sort of sidestep uh, the system. And so this tries to get a, a bad problem, which is kind of the other side of the coin, because like the the wealthy can both erase income, like we heard with Stephen Ross, but then there's the other side of it, which is that you can control what ends up as income on on your tax return. Hmm. Okay. Paul, what is the What's the solution to this? Is it the minimum tax on billionaires? And if so, how much more could we be making? Or the U.S. When I say when I say we, I mean the U.S. could be generating in in tax revenue for social programs, possibly. Yeah, I think the Biden's their estimate was three hundred sixty billion dollars over ten years, which is a decent chunk of change. Uh, yeah, you know, and and. There's, there were pretty mainstream economists who, who applauded that proposal. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere on Capitol Hill, although there is some support for it. It's just, you know, nothing really passes on Capitol Hill these days. But, um, yeah, that, 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 there, there are different solutions to a lot of these problems. Uh, it's not an uns- none of these are unsolvable problems. It's a matter of political will, really, um, mm-hmm. to change things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the Biden proposal would be a major change. Uh, and there are people who raise reasonable concerns like, you know, what happens, you know, stocks go up, stocks go down. Uh, Biden's proposal has kind of lots of moving parts to it that are supposed to address these these issues. Um, but, it, you know, it would be complicated. I mean, one objection I don't find very convincing is the concern that it would be too complicated. Because one thing that I've learned over the last year is just how phenomenally complicated the taxes of the wealthy already are. And, you know, they have very, yeah. they have very, very smart, skilled teams of people who help them with their taxes. So, I, you know, it's, they would be able to deal with it, I'm pretty confident. Sure. Yeah. Teams of lawyers, teams of accountants. <laughs> okay. And uh, we can find a special loophole for you if the price is right. Paul Keel uh, covers business, consumer finance for ProPublica. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us on CCO. Be well. Fascinating. Thank you, Paul. All right, my pleasure. Thank you, Paul.
Yeah, it was, I mean, it made me so well, mad, Paul, reading this. And and I, I like how Paul says that people say, oh, it's too complex to change. You know what? We can do hard yeah. things. Well, you know, if you can figure out how to not pay taxes on billions of dollars, we can figure out how to make you pay. I'm not worried well, about it being too complex. But but the fact that it's political will, I mean, that just turns my stomach. I keep waiting to be able to do my taxes on a, an index card. You know, I've, I've heard that for the better <laughs> right? part of 50 years. I'm, I'm going to come in. I'm going to simplify the tax code. Now, I think the tax code is way over a thousand pages. It's... Mm. Yeah, it's impossible. And some people, every time you talk about this, people cry out. Some people say, oh, that's socialism. No, it's not socialism. It's fairness. It's fair play. Mm -hmm. Why should middle class Mm -hmm. Americans pay more percentage wise in taxes than the uber wealthy? I I just think it comes down to fairness. And and most people get that. Mm -hmm. Pay your fair share. It's a solvable problem. Yeah, as he said. And again, I tweeted out the article at Jordana WCCO. It's really a fascinating read if you want to take a look at that.